Hello, and welcome to the Student Ministry Conversations podcast with your hosts, Russell Martin and Brent Aiken. This podcast is all about equipping, encouraging, and inspiring youth pastors weekly with topics that are brought to the table by youth pastors from all over the world. And now, here's our host for this week, Russell Martin. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Student Ministry Conversations podcast. I am one of your hosts, Russell Martin. Um, your other host is Brent Aiken, and if you've been listening each and every week, you know that we alternate, uh, and we've kind of gone to this new video format, so this is kind of fun and uh, daunting at the same time. Um, but this week, we are uh, doing a new episode, and we have uh, Daniel J- uh, Daniel James, James Daniel. Did I mess it up? I messed it up already. Like, we're moving <laughs> in. I probably won't edit it either. I'll just leave it in there. James <laughs> Daniel Shop. Uh, and so I have known James just from TikTok. And not really seeing him, but seeing his students. And so something that struck me uh, about that was seeing him doing games and stuff and, and utilizing games and also utilizing TikTok for that. So uh, before we get to that interview, I want to remind you, um, if you are not subscribed already, go and click like and subscribe and all those things that they tell you to do. Uh, and uh, you can also follow us at Talk Student Men on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And check out Student Ministry Conversations, where uh, any of the links that uh, James Daniel shares, uh, we will, Mr. Shop shares, we will put into uh, those links, uh, any ideas or things like that. So that way you have reference. Uh, but also, we will have a transcript of this available as well. And so um, we began to do that with season two. So make sure and check out those. But now we're going to get back to the, the point at hand. And so uh, James Daniel, can you tell us uh, about you, um, how you got to where you are, what you are doing? You can go as deep or as fast or as you know, in-depth as you want. Remember, we only have an hour and we want to talk about games. So other than that, it's the floor is all yours. Sounds good. Well, I'm James Daniel Shop, and you're not the first person to mess up the name, I can assure you, <laughs> and you won't be the last. Uh, I just started doing youth ministry. It was probably about four years ago. I was 22 years old, and really it was at a church camp, a youth camp when I was in my teens that I felt the call into ministry and I, you know, submitted at camp that I would follow through uh, with that commitment to Christ to, to go into ministry. But what I ended up doing shortly after making that commitment is putting it on the back burner and basically telling God, I'll serve you when I'm ready. Even though I know that you've called me to serve, I'm going to serve when I'm ready. And I had this idea in my, my head that, you know, maybe when I have a family later on in life, when I'm 30 plus years old, I'll teach a Sunday school class. Like that's the ministry idea that I I pretty much was trying to box God in, uh, but God had a lot bigger plans for me. And uh, my sister knew that I'd had that calling because I talked to my family with it. And she told me about Sandy Creek Church and they needed a youth minister. And I told her, I said, man, you're crazy. I mean, who, who, who lets a 22-year-old come in there and be the youth ministry? And she said, well, just call and, you know, maybe figure out something. And I just know that you, you would love it because I would always help at our church, you know, teaching and subbing for their Sunday school classes. And I called the church and got on the phone with the pastor. We talked for about an hour and then I, you know, went through the interview process. And for whatever reason, uh, the, the, the church was crazy enough to let me be a part, uh, to be their youth minister. And man, it has been an absolute blessing to be in the center of God's perfect will. I mean, the, the abundant Christian life is very much possible whenever you submit yourself to Christ and the way that he's worked and moved through someone who definitely doesn't have all the answers, who didn't have all the education and background, just getting to see God increase uh, has really been a blessing and just getting to love on the kids but that's that's kind of a very brief play I didn't want to spend all the time like you said I'm, I'm kind of like a youth in that regard you know you got to get to the games and I know we're going to be talking about games later so I don't I, won't, I don't want to mess up game time but that was how I, how I got my call and it has been it has been an absolute blessing so I'll be making four years this October and you know every I, I can't think of any time I've ever you know dredged going to church I've absolutely loved every single time meeting with these kids and I guess that's uh, the best little background I can give you. So you have you have family uh, now? Are you single or are you? So I'm actually single. And so the joke with my youth is that they are all the children that I that I have right <laughs> now. And they seem to embrace that. I think they're they're definitely very protective in regards to, you know, who I talk to and who I don't talk to, which is definitely uh, appreciated because I know that means they definitely love me and stuff. And yeah. Uh, but hopefully one day I'll have my own family yeah. and then they can be a part of the youth group. <laughs> and you're also bivocational. We were talking about before. 
Yes, that's true. So actually, I'm bivocational, so I part-time work at the church, but it's really not part-time. I pretty much spend more time there than I do with my 40-hour job. Uh, I work for the state as an as a Louisiana legislative auditor, and I, I really enjoy that job, too. I actually brought it up in my interview. That was one of the things that I told them in my interview. I said, look, I don't plan on stopping uh, the youth ministry, and they were one of the few, uh, I guess, employers that encouraged said no 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 you keep doing what you're doing we see what you're doing we love it we want you to continue doing that this is the place for you and i can't thank them enough for letting me get to do both like that awesome and for our listeners um what's uh nice about uh james daniel coming here is that uh last week you should have heard an interview that brent did um talking about singleness in youth ministry um and and how to be a youth minister as you know being being single and the things to watch out for and the things to the blessings and also the pitfalls and the uh, fishbowl that's around you and all those things. Um, and then also, uh, if you go back two weeks, episode 56, I believe, uh, we talked about bivocational youth ministry. And so I encourage uh, anybody, if you want to know more about any of those topics, go back and listen to those podcasts. Uh, but uh, I mentioned that we found you, I found you on TikTok. And so I am on there, but not near as popular as you are with your games. Um, so first tell us though, kind of why did you even, I mean, everybody does games, everybody, you know, does this. Why did you decide, hey, we're going to do this on, on TikTok? Because when I watch, it's not like you talking a whole lot. Mostly it's your games. Um, so tell us a little bit, little bit about why y'all decided to do that, how your church either responds or do you get any pushback or anything like that? Um, and maybe what are some of the benefits that you have uh, reaped from doing that? So, um so one of the things I want to ask you is about uh, games. Like I know that, you know, you can be in a, at a, a church and some people are like, well, why don't we just should just do Bible study. We should just sit down and have the kids go. Um, so what is the reason for the games and fun and youth ministry? Oh yeah. So one of the best ways that I like to explain why games are so important for, for youth and youth ministry is it's typically during the game time and the less serious times that, the relationships and the walls that these kids have come tumbling down. Mm -hmm. They get to see you in a more natural state. They get to see you in an environment where people are letting loose. And there's all, all, all of a sudden without anything uh, extraordinary happening, they're a part of a team immediately. So there's already camaraderie uh, when you do get to play these games. And I have just seen that whenever you, uh, I guess, take them seriously in regards to what they enjoy. And I know we play games on, on TikTok a lot and you see a lot of the games, but you also see uh, probably some of the youth at their sporting events, you know, mm -hmm. getting to be involved in their games that they play and just getting to uh, let them know that, you know, you want a real relationship with them, which in turn, which is the crazy part is whenever you go to teach and when you open up the word of God, the same kids that, you know, maybe at the very beginning when they first started coming to the youth group, uh, you know, were bored, you know, didn't really want to engage. But now all of a sudden when they realize that you cared about what they like, they start listening. They start diving in. They're thinking, man, this guy, he's, he's serious about me. He wants a real relationship with me. And he's telling me that there's a God who wants a real relationship with me. And I know that's real because of what he's shown. It's just been a great dynamic because like he said, you do get some pushback sometimes with games. You get the idea, you know, maybe that's all you do. And I can assure you um, when speaking with, with my youth and with at our church, that's definitely not the only thing we do. We just have found that whenever you do put just as much an emphasis on the games as you do the word of God, as you do the fellowshipping, it just seems to be a perfect picture. And, and it's just been a uh, absolute blast with that because they do pay attention very, very well. And it's usually before or after game time when they get to see you let loose and, and they come to find out that you're just a regular person. You know? <laughs> you're not, you're actually not the, you know, sometimes you, the people in ministry, they can kind of get labeled as the oddballs. And then all of a sudden you play a sport with them and they're like, wait, wait, you can throw a Frisbee. You know? Yeah. Like yeah. I actually, I can do the same things you can do. So that's where a lot of the, the games came into play and the kids have just absolutely loved it. And for the longest time, we actually didn't have a gym and we didn't really have an area to play because the field we were under construction. And so we had to come up with a lot of the goofy games that you see on TikTok. And those are a lot of time are the games that seem to go most viral. And they were just, you know, made up games in a room, but these kids just enjoyed being with each other because I guess when you start playing games, the way that it seems to happen is they, they build relationships that they didn't realize that that was happening while they were playing the games. And these kids now who maybe initially were dropped off at church because mom made them, 
are now telling mom, hey, bring me to church early. I have to be there. Mm -hmm. uh, that has been the, the biggest blessing for sure is, is that change of narrative. Instead of me having to go or the kids having to go to church, kids wanting to go, you know, and then yeah. you obviously you see the parents get involved shortly yeah. after. Too. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to um, restate a question and because you went with the game direction on that, which is great. And then I do want to go back and talk a little bit about, um, uh, is there any, any struggles or anything from like you doing, taking TikTok specifically? Um, like, is there any, like, why did you choose to put those things up on, you know, why did you choose that as a, as a venue for, for broadcasting? Well, I guess really the, the way that I found it rooted, I guess, in scripture is a lot of times whenever we open up the word of God and we look through the gospels, the way that Jesus uh, treated individuals, he found a way to get on their level. He found a way to uh, find that common ground, to meet them exactly where they were at. And what I found with youth, you know, games is one of those areas where you can meet a kid where they're at, no matter what they're going through, whether their home life is good, bad, uh, struggling, whether school's struggling, you know, all of a sudden when you play a game, it seems like everything else seems to fade away. And so that was kind of like the, I guess, the biblical background of why we decided that games need to be important is we realized that Jesus made the things of the people important. We were going to do the same thing. He sat down with sinners. He fellowship with them. Let's find a way to fellowship with these youth because a youth's not going to be as excited if you invite them to your house for dinner. But if you say we're going to play dodgeball, you know, you're, yeah. going, to have, you're going to have 40, 40 youth just show up just for a dodgeball game initially. Uh, so that was the, the reasoning for why we decided to do the games. But to actually, I guess, to choose the TikTok platform, really, it started off, I want to say somewhat of a joke, because I had a couple of my, my youth, and even my cousin was saying like, oh, there's no way you're going to go viral. And I told them, look, I'm not trying to go viral. I said, well, I'm just doing this for the kids, you know, and as I was posting it and posting it, and I told, I actually made a, jo a joke to some of my youth, I said, look, I'm going to, I'm going to break the TikTok algorithm and acting like I had some idea with it. And I had no idea. I was just, my, my idea of breaking the algorithm was, was post continually, like you said, with your podcast, you know, y'all, y'all committed to 20 episodes while well, I committed mm -hmm. to posting every day on TikTok, And, you know, lo and behold, it just started happening. A couple of videos started to get hits. And it was in regards to a lot of the different games that we were playing, because, you know, if there's one thing that seems to stick out on TikTok, and that's when a youth group plays a game because uh -huh. <laughs> they seem to have that uh, perfect balance of competitiveness. Uh, yet, you know, friendliness, like kindness, it's, it's just, it's just been cool. So that's why we chose TikTok. It was kind of a little bit of a joke, but at the same time, I knew that it was a platform that the kids would relate to. Mm -hmm. uh, if you would have told me that we would end up being as viral as we were or are today, I probably would have never thought it because I initially just did it for the kids. As you could say, the, the, the TikTok account, you never really see much of me. You pretty much just see uh, the mm -hmm. kids, or my leaders or my helpers on there. So that's why we yeah. chose TikTok. Now we're on Instagram, but I don't share my Instagram as much because I was scared it was going to go viral. So that's actually why I don't, uh, I told my, told my youth, I said, look, I'm going to keep trying my best to keep the Instagram and TikTok separate because I, I didn't want them to lose their individual, uh, specialness. Cause I always tell them that I, that obviously I love them all, but I very much love them each meaning on an individual level, the way that mm -hmm. I love these youth it has to be individual. Otherwise it's going to, going to be washed away. So I told them with the Instagram, that's more of me, you know, loving you each. Like I'm not just opening that up just to go viral or anything like that's me being more uh, personal with you guys. And I said, the TikTok, I said, I didn't plan on it, you know, but that's just where it's going to be. But to try my best to, to keep that difference, I just don't yeah. share the, the Instagram, I guess, tag. But I mean, I think uh, it was ESPN one time posted on Instagram and they tagged our account and then we couldn't help that. But, yeah. but but uh, we, we, we still did a good job with it. But that's the reason why we chose TikTok. It wasn't any specific reason, but there is a reason why we keep some separate and some not. Yeah. Well, and that um, uh, Sammy Kelly is another episode we did, and she talked about TikTok and using that um, and, you know, specific reasons and ways. And um, if you're interested more in that, it's a great episode. Jessica Geiger is another one that we found through TikTok. She talks about um, uh, pouring into students and, and helping them to see their calling uh, but she's somebody else who has utilized. And so I think eventually we'll do a, a post or something like that as like episodes we found on, on TikTok and for that. So, but I do like how you're using that. Um, you know, you kind of have the kind of the public face. It's almost like a Facebook page, uh, Facebook page versus a Facebook group, but you're using TikTok kind of as the public, here's who we are. Um, and the, uh, your Instagram is kind of like the, Hey, this is our conversation. This is oh, us yeah. uh, within that. Um, so 
Do you have uh, a, a game fail story? I know that we all do games and there's always those games that we just like, oh. uh, this was awful. And you don't have to share your worst failure because you know, you're good, <laughs> you're good. But, but help keep us humble because you know when we see the games online, it's always like the, just like everybody else, it's the best of the best or whatever. Right. Um, so h- help keep us, help us know that we are uh, just like everybody else when we lead games. And do you have any game fails or, or uh, funny stories you wanna share from, from games gone wrong? Most, most definitely. I had one, I can specifically always go back to it. It was one of those time periods where we didn't have access to our gym and we had construction outside. So we were stuck within our youth room and it was during Christmas time. And I had this great idea of doing one of those candy cane pickup games. You know, you see them all the time where, you know, you put them in their mouth and they're picking up objects with the candy canes. Well, again, I was early on in my youth ministry. I probably only been there six months. And, and as I was handing out these candy canes to the individuals, cause we probably had about I would probably say at that night, maybe about 40 or 50 youth in the room. I was handing them out to each kid and I was going down the road. Well, by the time I got to the 40th kid handing out their candy cane, I turned back around and kids one through 10 have already munched down their candy candy canes because I didn't tell them we were playing a game with them. So that was definitely my biggest fail because uh, I guess I didn't tell the kids to, to not eat the candy canes before they started. So Unfortunately, that was a failure on my part of not telling the kids that you're going to need the candy canes for a game because I, I also only bought enough candy canes for one per kid. So that was definitely my failures in regards to not properly planning and also not properly letting the kids know what the game was about. And, and one of the ways, I guess, like you said, it was very humbling. It was one of those moments where you're like, man, I guess I just didn't think about it. But going forward, a lot of times now when we go to play a game in the gym or outside, when we're meeting in the youth room before is typically when I tell them what the game is going to be. I tell them the instructions and it's usually in that setting when it's a more, uh, I guess, secluded and not an open setting. They, they tend to listen better because if you try to explain instructions when you're down in the gym to a new game or you're out in the field to a new game, you always have a kid who's, who found it, which is crazy. I mean, obviously, you know, this. kids find balls. If you leave them in the gym, it doesn't matter where you put them, yep. they'll find the ball. So before you know it, you're explaining a game and some kids shooting a basketball and it's just frustrating. And, and sometimes you just wish, Oh man, I hope I put all the balls away. So that was another thing I learned. Make sure you put up the balls before you explain games. So that was my two, I guess my two yep. failures is, uh, the candy canes and making sure that I put up those, those balls before I try and explain a game, but it was, it was a learning curve. And you made me think um, when you were talking about that. So what are some of your specific things that you look for when you are planning a game or what are some of the questions you ask yourself when you're going, Hey, there's a night coming up. We have, we're going to do games. What are some of the things you consider? There's a really a couple of things that, that go into thought. And one is making sure that it's a game that, pretty much everybody can play. I don't think it's really that fair to, to, you know, just make a game and you realize that only a couple of the individuals would want to play it or, you know, versus playing a game that, you know, maybe, I don't know, maybe some of the older kids wouldn't want to play it, but the younger want. So it's kind of like finding that balance. And one of the things that I've tried to do to mitigate those struggles is actually kind of give the youth a choice of what game to pick. So usually I'll give them two options or three options. And at the same time, I'll be, properly prepared for any, any one of those games mm-hmm. that are being played. But usually once there's some sort of a vote and that can either be done by an Instagram poll or right before when we're in the youth room, typically when you get a group to vote on one, whether they did or didn't want to play the game, they go ahead and do it because they know, Hey, look, we all voted on it. This is fair. You know, this is what the group wants to play. And, and they typically go play the game. So that's one of the things that definitely comes into thought whenever it comes to choosing a game. The other thing has to do with making sure I don't choose a game too competitive because I have had a lot of different situations where if you choose a game that can end up being somewhat too physical, you you have a little bit of an issue because for some reason, when you play youth group games, it's World Series, you know, game seven. (laughs) I don't know how it happens, but it's up up there. It's crazy how quick it goes. And so definitely I try not to choose too competitive games. And thirdly, I just like to choose games where they have to communicate with their teammates. I want, you know, that individual who's coming to youth group and it's one of their first few times that the, the game that they're playing, their teammates are explaining it to them. They're treating them as if they're a teammate. They need them to win, you know, all these different types of things that just easily encapsulates an immediate relationship. And it's simply just because you started playing a game. And uh, I, I think even looking back, whenever we do like senior recognitions and we get their favorite memories, it's crazy the amount of times it was a simple game Mm-hmm. that later on down the road was the pinnacle point in these 
these youth's lives. And they were like, it was at that point I realized this is the place where I need to be. This is the place where God was working. These people want a relationship with me. They didn't just want to want me there as a number, as just a person who showed up. Uh, they really did enjoy me being there. So that's, that's one of the main reasons, I guess, for choosing. And that was, that was something that I noticed uh, playing games. We play, whether it's volleyball or scatterball or, or outdoor, <laughs> whatever, um, is you have like that seventh grader who's just there, but they're on the team with like with the the senior and the senior needs the seventh graders to succeed. Right. And all of a sudden they're friends. Like they could yep. have been not, not known each other, but they're like, Hey, you kid with the red hair, here's the ball or whatever like that. And so that's the connection that they're going to have. Right. Um, and that's the connection that they're always going to have. Um, and the next time they choose games, like, Hey, it was pretty cool. Why don't you come over here? Yeah. And so it gets those age groups kind of working together um, gets new, you know, especially picking, if you pick the right game, um, you get those specific age groups and kids who aren't used to all of a sudden they're on the same dodgeball team. And so we would play scatterball, which is one where it's almost like, I don't know if you played it, but dodgeball, but you're, everybody's against each other. Oh yeah. Kind of all working and it never ends. You get down to like five and you say, all right, everybody in and they go again. And so we use that kind of like an end of the, an end of the, uh, uh, night kind of game when parents are picking up, cause you don't have to worry about sides or anything like that. Um, but it's funny to watch these kids all of a sudden work together and they're pulling other kids in on their, on their game and no teams they are trying to get everybody out. Um, sure. And uh, then you mentioned the competitive and I had two uh, students they are pastor's kids and they're both, both in college now, um, but they will tell you this was true. And I never could decide whether to put them on the same team, or <laughs> opposite teams, because on the same team, they would fight over how it was supposed to go or who missed the ball or who did what. And on opposite teams, they were like, at each other, like loved each other, but they were at each other. Oh, yeah. And um, so there's something to be wise to choose, you know, how you do sides. Um, how do you divide up? Uh, that's something that people ask all the time is how do you divide up if, if you have a two-sided game, like a team on yeah. team. So what, what are some of your best ways to divide up people uh, for games like that? So we've actually, one of the things I think is, is cool and a little bit different about what we, what we do at our church is even whenever the individuals come to youth group before there's game time, a lot of times, like even when they're coming up into the room to hear the lesson, we go ahead and they're already split up into two teams. And so every week we're competing. So, you know, we had a couple of different themes. I think one of them was, uh, I believe it was battle of the brothers. So what we did is the teams where, you know, if you were, had a sibling on there, you would separate, you know, but when you went into the youth room, you know, you were already on a team, you know, it was, you know, let's say the Knights and the Cavaliers, something like that. Mm -hmm. So throughout the night, when you're in the room, you could get positive points for answering trivia, for giving words of wisdom, which our words of wisdom was simply them sharing to the group how God has been working in their life. And that has been a blessing because, you know, you have, you have kids go up there and they speak out. And, you know, what used to be something that was very hard to do in public or at their schools, they're finding themselves doing it in youth group. And, you know, they're getting a little bit more confidence. And whenever they go into the public settings, you know, it's, it's just like sharing words of wisdom. And so when you have those two teams, they're competing with scripture memory. And also when it comes to the Bible lesson, since they're on teams, uh, we've also made a thing where like, you know, we, we, you know, if you don't want to be a distraction, you know, that's obvious a thing. And you, know, you don't want to always be going up to the bathroom. And so what I tell them to do is same thing with the game time. You know, we're very serious. I'm going to get straight to the point. I'm going to get real with you guys. I'm not going to fluff it up. I'm not trying to hit a minute mark. But what they do since they're on teams, you could also get negative points for being disruptive. So all of a sudden, these, these parents who were school teachers, they come walking in on youth night and they're like, what are you doing? Like, how, <laughs> why are these? And I said, it's because if they will get negative points and these kids are just paying attention so well, they want to do great. And like you said, they'll have a seventh grader and they are rooting for the seventh grader to do well in the game or in the trivia or in the scripture memory because they're a part of their team and they're immediately becoming friends. And it's almost like, an older brother, younger brother relationship. So when it comes to, I guess, splitting up the teams, like you initially said, it really just boils down to finding a good blend of the age groups. It's never, it's, I've never seen a benefit of having, you know, the older kids versus the younger kids. Mm. I've always seen the best when you have a variety. So whenever I go to split the teams, you know, I take a list of the names and I look at them and I see their ages. And then I just start trying to spread them out. You know, obviously you'll find a couple of people, you know, who have their, you know, their diehard friend or, you know, they're the person that they're not going to separate from. I try my best to keep them together. But a lot of times, just the way that I separate them is simply just scattering out the ages. And usually I don't like it to have them, you know, schoolyard pick for things like that. Uh -huh. because, you know, I don't want, I don't want a kid to, to yeah. feel like last pick kind of deal, but 
that's typically how I do. I try to spread it out typically with the age groups. And if you have the older, this is what I, this is the only thing that I've definitely found out over these past couple of years. When you have your older aged youth who are really buying into the fact of investing in others when they come to youth group, it, it makes the world of a difference. So all of a sudden these, these kids who come in, it's almost like a mentality. When you first start coming to youth group, it's almost like, what can this youth group offer me? And then all of a sudden, when you start maturing in your individual walk with the Lord, the mindset changes as, although I'm still gaining on an individual level, what God has for me, I'm also seeking out ways that I can be pouring into others the same way that God's pouring into mm -hmm. me because my cup is overflowing. You know, my, my tree is, is full of fruit and I'm ready to share it out. I want other people to try. So it's been cool to see when those older kids, their cup is overflowing and they're pouring into these younger. And so that's why I try my best when mixing the teams to have a couple older, you know, and they kind of, and it's almost like a funnel. It funnels all the way down mm -hmm. and you'll have some rare occasions where you'll have some of the younger ones. They're the leaders, you know, they're mm -hmm. the ones who are on fire for the Lord. And when these young, these older people may be struggling in life or in school, it's these younger ones that say, okay, you're dropping the torch. Well, I'm right here and I'm carrying it forward too. Mm -hmm. Like that's been the cool thing. It's almost like a, uh, the torch is the best way I can explain it. You know, you have a mm -hmm. torch that's being ran, but when you have these teams and these groups, once an individual is struggling in their walk with the Lord, there's someone right behind them to grab that torch and then carry them that, that same way. Mm -hmm. so that's, that's my methodology for choosing teams. <laughs> and, and we, we, you know, so I remember using something similar because there's a difference between if you can pick those early, even if it's just a game night, okay. um, if you can pick those early versus on the, on the gym floor, trying to do it, right. <laughs> um, we would do a, uh, like it was just a, all the whole night was just competitions. So it was, and we did a tournament night is what we called it. So we had ping pong tournament. We had show, we had several game like boards or, you know, uh, carpet ball, shuffleboard, um, things like that. Uh, we would do a Mario Kart tournament. Um, and so we did all these, but when they came in, they got a, a band, like a paper band or a piece of, you know, string or whatever like that, um, that designated them for their team. And so it was already done. And I'm sure that some of them switched. I'm sure some of them figured out what we were using that night and brought their own. And I didn't worry about that, but for the majority, they were able to go and then they signed up. So when I said, Hey, if you want to sign up for the, for the Gaga ball tournament, oh, yeah. um, sign up here. And we made sure we had enough of each team. So they were competing individually. They were also competing as a team, but it made a big difference um, having them when they came in to sign up and to um, divide them into teams. So that way they have time to get used to it instead of, you're numbering off and they're switching to make sure they get with the right person. And then you're fighting with those. Um, now, one of the things I did discover is you will have some of those who can't play the game for whatever reason, it's a health or something like that, or they're just not feeling that that night. Um, and, and sometimes you can push them a little bit and get them involved, but what are some of the things that you do with them? If they're not going to play, you just leave them on side and say, y'all, y'all miss out on everything. Or do you have anything that you, uh, maybe give them some responsibilities or allow them to help in some way. Oh yeah. Well, that, that is definitely a, I feel like that's a difficult issue that a lot of youth ministers have because it's kind of like, at what point do you continually, you know, just do things specifically for the ones that aren't doing it or, you know, or do you just spend all your energy on the ones who are mm -hmm. involved? You know, it's, it's a hard balance. I guess the way that, that I've found to deal with it is make sure that my events throughout the year, and we do a lot of events, you know, it's not just come on Wednesday night, it's, you know, their ball games, what, what they do, it could, that can mean a play, that can mean mm -hmm. a musical recital, that can mean just showing up for an award they get at school, you know, it, whatever it ends up being is finding whatever that individual child's niche is and, and jumping on that, you know, and so I think when it comes to how do you find the ones that aren't really playing the games, you know, sometimes, like you said, it can be in regards to physically, can they play the game? And so, you know, I won't sit there and say, oh, hey, by the way, we're going to play this game because, you know, we want everyone to play, you know, and kind of exclude <laughs> them, even though you're including them. So typically what I do is, you know, you just take a note of certain games that maybe a kid can or can't play. And it might just be on occasion or it might be the next Wednesday you're playing a game that might be more strategy-based or it might be more knowledge-based. And before you know it, you have just that right element of athleticism, physical, but then you also have the mind aspect. You, you all of a sudden, you throw that element in and almost mm -hmm. any game you play that has a physical element, you can add a mindset element to it or a strategy element. And then all of a sudden, that kid who couldn't play, you know, based off of maybe something physical is all of a sudden involved in the game because you added a new element to the game and no one else even noticed that you did. So, you know, they didn't, I, I've never had a kid come up to me like, Oh, you did that because of so-and-so. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I don't no. know how they haven't picked up on some of that type of stuff, but 
but it's just because you added that element and you didn't exclude them saying, oh, we're playing this game because we want him to play. You know, you just, you do what you normally do and you just add an extra element to it that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it, it, it can be something, you know, goofy, silly, but, you know, all of a sudden they're involved and it's been a good thing. But again, it, sometimes it may not be uh, the best way to just play a game for that individual. You know what I'm saying? So like yeah. if you have a bunch of people and they're wanting to play dodgeball and let's say you have an individual that can't play dodgeball. That doesn't mean you don't play dodgeball. What that means is maybe when the kids are playing dodgeball, you're going and engaging with the individual who can't play dodgeball and you re- reinforce to them, oh, hey, by the way, what's going on with your life? You know, where are you working at? You know, what, what, what days are your shift this week? Because I'm going to come by and get a dinner from you, you know, mm. just whatever it ends up being. Uh, that's the way that I found to, I guess, include everybody because you can't, you can't also do that. You can't also never play dodgeball. You mm-hmm. know, that's, yeah. that's kind of like a, uh, that might end up being a sin. I don't know. I need to reread that this morning, but I don't, I don't know. So I, I don't know if uh, that would be the best move. But I mean, it kind of goes back to what, what I said early on. It's, it's making sure that you're loving these youth on an individual level. You can't just generically say you love your youth group. You have to individually say, I love you. And these are the reasons why. You know, it's because I'm showing up when you're asking me to. It's because I'm praying for you. It's because I am just doing everything that God has already done to me. He has shown me. That is the only reason that I'm showing you and extending you that love. And that's one of the ways that you can do it. Exactly the question that you asked. And I think, you know, some of the things, what I gathered from what you said was just being intentional to find some way to include them, whether whether that is, um, I know one of the things we would do is I would say, here, here's, here's the camera. Here's my cell phone. Yeah. Go take pictures and videos. Or would you keep score? Or would you be a, I know you can't run because your leg's in the cast, but you can watch the line and make sure nobody crosses it. Um, right. And so you gave them some sort of purpose uh, yeah. within, or could you help serve snacks or do something? And so, and a lot of times they, they really, I had some kids who they were older and they were like, we've done the games. Like we, mm-hmm. we know the games, we know the stuff, um, yeah. but can we help? And they're like, they're setting up, they're planning the games, they're, they're, they actually started doing and choosing games and, and, or they would make sure on a night where we did a lot of, a lot of games, like a lot of active games, like a minute to win at night or something like that. Um, they would have all the stuff set up on the stage. They are way more organized than I am. Um, and I would say, Hey, we're ready for the next game. And they would move the stuff out and get it set up. And, uh, or my assistant would be there and they would be helping them. And so they created relationships whenever, you know, that seventh grader is not going to get out and play the gross yucky game, but, They'll make sure everything's put together or they will make sure that um, pictures get taken or whatever like that. Um, and then, like you said, I like what you said, too, is like notice maybe something that they didn't play this because of this. Well, what is a game that they would play? And let's pick one the next right. time or the next time um, and say, hey, we're playing this. We're doing, we did uh, tri- when Trivia Crack was a big deal. We did a live version of Trivia Crack. Um, and we had all these trivia games and they spun the wheel and they did that. Um, yeah. And so that was a way that, so that they could participate um uh kahoot games or or uh trivia nights or things like that so um, well i don't want to go through the whole conversation and not get some specifics because i know there's a youth leader who will listen to this on thursday or friday and sunday is coming up and they're like i don't have any games so um i said three if you have more or less um that's fine but um first of all i'm thinking of three quick easy uh, and I'll share some with you in case you haven't heard those two. Oh, yeah. um, three quick, easy, no prep, no no prop, what I call no prep, no prop games. Um, <laughs> what are some of those things? You have a group and um, I would say, you know, something that could be anywhere between 10 and, and 50 kids or something like that. But so not not like a huge group, but not like didn't necessarily have to be small. So right. what are three or so games that you would share and explain them clearly so that we can take them and steal them and do them on Sunday? <laughs> It sounds good. Uh, a game that is usually a go-to, and you, you've probably seen it on TikTok, it's whenever you have two lines. So you split up the individuals and the two teams, and they're in two lines, and they're all holding hands with each other. Now, you also have to, you know, because I don't know, the kids taught me this, but if you hold your hand like this, it's a pancake. But if you intermingle or intertwine your fingers, it's a waffle. So I had no idea what that meant. Yeah. They were t- when they were talking about waffles, pan- yeah. yeah, they were yeah. talking about pancakes and waffles one night, and I was like, <laughs> man, I thought we are playing a game, but. Sure. I found out later on what they were talking about, but you're in those two lines and everybody's eyes are closed. And so at one end of the line, you might have a stool or you might just have anything. It could be a chair, whatever you have. And you just put an object on there, whatever object you have. We typically use a water bottle, but we've used uh, paper towels. We've also, I think, used 
we may have even used a pillow before or a shoe. And you just have that object on one end, but you know, they're all holding hands. On the other end is typically where I stand. And those two individuals on the far end have their eyes opened and I'm flipping a quarter. So I flip a quarter and then I flip it on my wrist. And once I reveal whether it's heads or tails, if it's heads, they're supposed to squeeze the next person in line. So when that person feels the squeeze from their hand, they squeeze the next person. So it's like a chain reaction all the way down and the first team to grab the object would win. The issue or the problem that happens is if you accidentally squeeze on tails, then you actually lose two points. So you can gain one point or you can lose two points because you have some of those kids that that think they're smarter than the game. And they're like, well, we'll just take our 50-50 chances. And, it, <laughs> and, and, and they, they find out really quickly, oh, no, this isn't working out for us. We're losing two spots every time we get it wrong. Mm -hmm. So, and, and the way that the game works, so that way everyone gets a chance at being in the front or being in the back, is once you get it correct, the person who grabbed the object then goes to the front of the line. And the goal is to get your whole team one way through. That's right. And so instead of kind of like points, what you do is you go one rotation forward if you get it right. But if you get it wrong, you go two rotations back. So the two people at the front go to the back. And it's been a, it's been a blast, a fun game. I think I think that game has gone viral a couple of times on TikTok because they think we're praying. And then they're like, they're like, you know, some people, what are they doing? <laughs> so that's that's been a, that was a good game. That's very easy, easy prep. The, the kids seem to enjoy it. And, you know, that's one of those games that anybody can really play or close to, you know, because you're just standing there and we've had some people, you know, who've been on a chair before and they're sitting in a chair because it's really just an impulse thing and you're just squeezing hands. So if you can squeeze a hand, you can play the game. And uh, I have found out that when we let the adults play, the kids don't really like it because I guess the reflexes seem to slow down as you in <laughs> the, in the kid in the youth, let them know. They're like, we, we found where the, where the, uh, the chain reaction is slow at. So uh if you're an adult and you're playing that game, you might just want to make sure that uh, you have pretty good uh, impulses. Or and and that's one too that you could have a, a youth who can't play or like they they could be the one flipping or wanted to be involved, flip the coin or or watch the line or whatever like that right. too. So uh, yeah, that's a, that's a, that's another perfect game for that. Another one, and I I don't know if you've heard of it, but we call it Empire, and that's where you know you're typically in a room, and we like to do this one more on like a Sunday morning, or if the kids maybe are dressed up a little bit nicer. Uh, kind of deal because this game doesn't actually involve, you know, standing up or moving around or running as much. It's more strictly a mind game. What we do is we hand out little pieces of paper and you can do, you know, scratch paper or whatever. And you each give them a little piece of paper and you tell them to write down on that piece of paper, a Disney character that they would like to be, or just any Disney character. And so they'll write a Disney character. You can choose whatever theme, but we've just found that Disney has been just an easy go-to and they'll write a Disney character and they fold it up. Well, then I will announce all the names that I have in my hand that every child has, has, has written down. And basically, no one else knows what anybody wrote. And you take turns. So let's say I'll point on somebody. They'll take a turn. They'll say, all right, well, I think, you know, Joe is Tinkerbell. Well, if Joe is Tinkerbell, he says yes, then he joins the individual who guessed his name correctly on his team. If he gets it wrong, it's now Joe's turn to guess someone else in the room. And the goal is to build your empire up until you're the last empire standing. And the reason what makes it, I guess, more of a team game is since I only say the names one time, later on in the game, people are like, wait, what, what are all the other names? And all of a sudden you need your empire to be like, no, 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 remember there's a Lightning McQueen, remember? I know there's a Lightning McQueen still there. And that's where it kind of, it, it starts off individual and then all mm -hmm. of a sudden it becomes a team. And that's an easy no prep game. You know, you can make it happen anywhere. And it's not that that physical. That's another go-to. And they, they seem yeah. to really like that game. We've played that game so many times. And it's so simple and quick. Now, that's that's a game that won't go viral on TikTok, though, because it's not much action. <laughs> <laughs> but the kids, the kids really, really do enjoy that game. And I guess since you asked for three, I'll give you one that is more physical. So that uh -huh. way for those who are, you know. Balance. Have, that's right. Maybe have a gym or maybe you can go outside. And you don't need anything special with it. All you will need is basically like a kickball or a volleyball, uh, one of those two types of balls. And we use two trash cans. So typically, you know, at a church, you'll you'll have a you'll have a trash can. I mean, I hope you have a trash can. If if not, you might not need to be playing games. You might need to go to the store and get a trash can. But you, if you if you have two trash cans, you just set them up on two ends of the field or of the gym, and basically you split up into two teams, and you have that kickball or volleyball. And what you do is you pass it to a teammate and they can only take two steps. So when they take two steps, they have to either pass it to another individual or they have to try and shoot at the goal. 
And it's typically a pretty fast-paced game. And for the defenders, all they have to do is hit the ball on the ground and it's change of possession. So once the ball either hits the ground or the ball is intercepted, then it's change of possession and it's the other team's ball and they're trying to go score. And again, the reason we like the two-step rule is it, it causes the individuals to pass the ball. Mm-hmm. And we also put a limit on you can't hold the ball for more than five seconds. So it's a, it's a fast-paced game. Everyone's getting involved. Uh, usually when you play it, you don't have many people who never get the ball because you have to pass it to somebody. And, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes it ends up just being an individual really close to you. But that's a really easy game that almost anybody can play. And if you want to start making it even more intense is you start adding a couple different balls. So you might be playing with three balls. And so for the the trash cans, you can have a defender who's guarding the trash can. So typically we do one or two, but you set the boundaries uh, beyond the trash can. So technically you can go behind your goal, kind of like lacrosse, and it adds that new element that's like, oh, cool, there is strategy. We got to pass the ball around, or maybe we need to wait till a second ball to try and score. But it's fun because you'll have a goalie who's, you know, running around the trash can the best that they can to block it. And what's crazy and ends up happening, typically one of the most tired players is the goalie by the end of the game. And, and the other players are running down the field and the goalie's over there saying, we need a break. We need a break. Time out, time out. But it, that's an easy game too. It doesn't take much. And you can always change variations for if your kids like soccer, maybe you do more of dribbling the ball with the soccer mm-hmm. and then picking it up, whatever you want to do it. But we've, they really like the way of just throwing it and change of possession once it hits the ground. I know there's some variations of that game, but man, that's one of them games when we go back for senior memories, that's one of them games that the kids say, we call it speedball. They say speedball <laughs> is the game, but that's also one that can get competitive. So <laughs> yeah. Well, and we, we've done something similar with, uh, even if you do have a gym and you have basketball goals, we've oh, yeah. played the same type of game where you can, you know, where the basketball goal is the goal or we've used uh, the, the trash can. And that's one of the things I think I would encourage, and you can probably jump in on this too, is um, if you want to do a game, you can look at it and you can vary that for your, whatever your gym or your space or, uh, you know, place is. Um, and, but you're just kind of, uh, or adjusting it for uh, your, your kids, you know, you, you may not have to have a two-step rule with your youth group, yeah. um, but you may have to. Uh, and so one of the things that I found uh, are two main things I found. One is when you're creating games, like make up the rules as you go, like change a rule. If you see something that's going to help, yeah. um, we did toilet paper dodgeball one time, and this is definitely not a no prep game. So it was just dodgeball and um, same rules as dodgeball. If you catch it, you drop it, then yeah. you're out. If you catch it, the other person's out. Um, so it's really fun because you get this whole like night and uh, we did a black light. And oh. so you had the, so yeah, this is definitely not the no prep. Uh, no, no prep, no prop. Um, but you have dodgeball going on. I see you're taking notes here. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, so toilet paper going and, and everything. Um, but then I also invoked the, the wrath of God rule, which means that I could, anytime I could point at somebody and I could say you're out or you're in, no questions asked. And so some kid would catch it. Um, you know, the kid is pegging everybody. I just be like, all right, you're out. That's not fair. They go off the side. Um, or some little kid hit it and drops it and Daryl yelled, you're out. I'm like, no, you're still in. Um, and so really we kind of got to where it got to this, like they were mad at me and they were mad at each other. And then I said, all right, let's talk about justice and fairness. Yeah, that's right. Um, and so it kind of created that discussion. Uh, but I have many times in other games made up rules. Okay. You can only step so far. All the guys use your left hand or your opposite hand. Um, you know, any of those type things. So I would encourage, uh, and have you found that to be true with what you're, what you do? Do you have the adjust things like that on the fly to help the game flow? Oh yeah. If, if you are not willing to adjust as a youth minister, you will run into some issues real, real quick. There's, it seems like there's always adjustments, but one of the things that when you said there, I thought was cool is how you incorporated some sort of a lesson that could go with them with the game. So a lot mm-hmm. of times, like even the games I said right there, those may not be games that have lessons attached to it. But there was a game when you said that, that we did, and the lesson that was attached to it, man, it went a long ways. Because I know a lot of the kids, you know, came back and were like, wow, you know, I didn't really, I, I heard what you said when you were teaching. I knew what you meant when you said to apply it. But then whenever we played that game, and I didn't realize I was even making the mistakes that you were just now talking about, mm-hmm. it says it was eye-opening. And what it was, is we were talking, the, the game was, it was a very simple game. It was, you know, you go, you go out to the store, and this is, you know, you have to prep a little bit. You can use a uh, you know, maybe a puzzle, but I found a Lego to be the best thing. You know, you buy one of those, you know, five to $10, mm-hmm. probably about a $10 Lego, 10 to $15, you know, and you, you have the Legos and you have all the pieces at one table 
And then at another table, which is probably about 15 feet away, is you have the instruction book. And what you do is it's kind of like a relay race. You let one individual go to the instruction book. You let them sit for about 30 seconds. Then that person goes to the next table to start putting it together while the next person goes to the instruction table. So the whole time the, the people at the table are trying to build this Lego object based off the instructions that they don't have, but they got to see, you know, 30 seconds earlier and they're trying the best to build it. And when the next person comes, they're trying to figure out where the person left off. And they're also trying to figure out where am I at in the instructions and they played the game and they struggled with it and they were frustrated. They didn't realize how difficult it was to put together a Lego that said ages five and up. And, you know, these people were 18 years old. They were struggling and uh, 16, 17, 18 years old and they were frustrated. And then when we got back in the youth room and I told them about, you know, I can't remember exactly where we at in scripture, but I think it may have been in regards to just following uh, following God's voice or following his commands in life. And then you might have peace. What I was basically told them, I said, that's what we do a lot of times. We study so intently when we have the book in front of us. We come to youth group and we're so invested. We're writing notes down and we're eating it up and we're loving it and we feel like we're digesting it. But once we leave the scriptures, once we leave Bible study and we go to actually apply it and put together the pieces or put it into action, into the life, I said, we get frustrated because we, we left the instructions at the table. And I try to tell them all the time, you know, you have got to take what you are reading, what you are learning, what God is showing you with your life when you go to apply it. And I said, that's going to be the big game changer. And some of them kids were just like, oh man, you know, that's just crazy. Like it all makes sense now because you, you can sometimes get into a rut and don't even realize it as a youth. And you can get really good at taking notes in youth group or looking very involved on Wednesday nights. And then all of a sudden at school, the, these individuals who are so impactful on youth nights, don't have much of a witness or a light when they're at school. And then all of a sudden it's almost like they need a little bit of a recheck. And typically it's usually because they've grown up in church or they've just gotten used to the pattern of what it looks like to be right with God and not actually practice it. And then all of a sudden those kids are like, wow, wait a second. I actually need to be doing exactly what I'm doing in youth group when I'm at school, when I'm at home. Like I can't just make this an intent thing when I have uh, you know, the youth leader here and my youth friends, you know, I, it was a pretty cool game, I guess, looking back because, and you have, you have those moments here and there with some of those games, but I also try my best not to make every game, you know, because mm -hmm. uh, sometimes kids are like, oh, come on, you know, and it doesn't really have an impact, but when it seems to fit with what the lesson you're doing and just the way that the kids are interacting with you, and, and typically a youth minister will know that based off of where their youth are at, when you have that open line of communication, you can kind of start to see, you know, hey, you know, I kind of been struggling when it comes to at school, you know, like I'm doing a fine job when I'm here at youth group, but when I'm at school, I seem to struggle, you know, in these areas, then you're kind of like, all right, well, look, you know, you just played that game. And let me tell you in that game, this is what happened, you know, and, and it was, it was a cool thing. And we have a lot of games that sometimes, you know, have some of those ties, but sometimes they don't. But when you said that, I just, I can't, I, I remember <laughs> so vividly some of those kids being like, wow, that makes a lot of sense. So. And like you said, it's not always going to happen and it can be intentional. Sometimes it's unintentional and you can go, hey, remember back when we were playing this or when we did this and you worked together or something like that. Um, and so a lot of times you do have those unintentional uh, things. I've had kids put things together that, that before. Um, but I think part of that also goes to, like you said, you're buying time with those relationships. When you're playing that game, when you both get put out, you and the seventh grader both get put out by the same guy in dodgeball and you're <laughs> sitting on the corner side talking, like, man, that was tough. But yeah. that's a that's a relationship that you'll always have. Or um, when you have the picture of everybody with all the color powder on their face or <laughs> mud wars or whatever that is, um, those those so games do two things. One, they provide those those actual sermon illustrations, those actual life illustrations. Oh, yeah. And then they buy then they give you those times that you can, um, you know, put those things together uh, that they that they put together on their own uh, and that just relationship stuff. Um, right. And. Uh, and those are some of my favorite things we're doing was leading games. I don't get to do it as often anymore because now I'm a lead pastor and um, I don't get the youth. Uh, but one of the things I would encourage uh, uh, you and anybody else listening is don't keep the games just to the youth. Mm -hmm. um, and so we do a winter Olympics and we did a winter Olympics for many years. We get the old bobsled, like the car sled, uh, you know, automotive creepers. And we do bobsled and we do luge and we do, putting your feet on pieces of paper and you scoot along and that's the skating. And so you have to do the race all the way around the track. Um, and I did it with youth for many years, probably, probably six or seven years. We did it with youth. And when I moved here, I said, Hey, could we do this with the adults? And we had a blast. 
Wow. And I had 70 year olds on automotive creepers being pushed around. And I'm worried. I'm like, okay, do we have, you know, what's, what's going to happen if somebody gets hurt? Um, and we did figure skating and it actually got the entire church involved. Um, and so sometimes don't just do games for youth, but have the youth group sponsor. Um, our youth does a, our youth does a softball tournament. It's youth versus kids softball because, you know, the same games and the same connections and the same points you talk about making with students, um, you can make those with students and their parents. You can make those with students and, and their grandparents or the Sunday school class at the church that that is just like the youth are over here and they're over here. Oh, yeah. It's a way to make those connections as well. Um, and so, all right, well, one game I want to share, you may not have heard of. Have you played 13? I have not played 13. Okay, so this is truly, I, you know, I told you no prep, no prop, and you still use a few preps and props, but this is truly no prop. Um, is, and this can be done in groups. Uh, I would probably start seven or eight. Um, you can do larger if you want, but we did, uh, uh, the whole thing is you count to 13. So if I start, I say one, one, two, or one, two, three. One of the, you can say one number, two numbers, three numbers. And the next person goes four, five. The next person goes six, seven, eight. And the next person goes nine, 10, 11. Well, if you say the number 13, you're out. Oh, so your cool. goal is to say the number 12. And, yeah. and so you start off with a bunch and it's really kind of, you know, random people get out, but then you get down to the, the, you know, three and you're trying to figure out what the number. And because y'all are youth leaders listening to this and because I want you to succeed, I will tell you this, the person that says number eight can always win when it's two people. <laughs> so if you say eight, the next person can only say nine, 10, 11, then you can say 12, 13. So if you say eight, then you will, you can all, you can always win. But um, uh, that's a, just a simple no prep. That's a, uh, for van driving the van, you can play that um, on an airplane waiting for planes or waiting for a concert to start. Um, and so there's a lot of those little games too that, uh, and, and I'll share some, um, and, uh, some links to some game, game things that, that I have for my years. Uh, and then that was something I was going to ask, are there places that you typically go and find games to play? So really, I think it just had to do with, I was, I was one of seven in my house. So, and we just played games all the time. So a lot of the games have just been from my older brothers, my older sisters. So it, I, I can't think of too many sources. Now, a lot of times TikTok is a good source when it comes to when you're just scrolling through there and you're seeing these youth groups and they're playing games. I'll see some of those games and I'll play it, but actually like a, a website or anything, I really, I don't know too many other sources, but you know, TikTok, Instagram. And when, I guess when I'm sure other youth ministers have this too is, the, the parents at their church, you know, Hey, look, I saw this, you know, what about doing this? Or, or even you have a kid come up and be like, look, we have to do this. So really a lot of the resources have, have funneled back in the, back into me. And I haven't had to do too much outward seeking, I guess. But mm -hmm. I, again, I, I wouldn't have came across the 13 if I wouldn't have done this. And that's going to be, <laughs> that's going to be an easy, that's a, that's a, yeah. that's a gimme game that I, I know the kids are going to really love. Yeah. So we, I, I have a post I did uh, that was uh, three socially distance uh, game. So that's one you can play without yeah. having any deal. Uh, whoosh ball was the other one. And I'll put that up there, but it's yeah. no balls. You're just going like this, like you <laughs> pass it across the room like this, like whoosh, or yeah. you can, you can throw the ball to either side of you. Um, and uh, you, it's an imaginary ball, but it's just keeping that kind of like, you know, do you know, did you do the right symbol, the right hand <laughs> gesture um, with that? And it is an elimination game, but, uh, and both those are, um, but you know, sometimes those aren't, those aren't, aren't bad to do. Um, I'll tell you the one big fun game that we did uh, for camps, really camps and retreats uh, works better is you send everybody to their cabin or their place and you have a, they have every group gets a, a pillow sack or a pillowcase and they put whatever they want to in the pillowcase. It's hair dryers, combs, gums, toys, stuffed toys. And then I have a list of items and we call it reverse scavenger hunt. Mm. And so they're all sitting in the room wherever they are. And I'll get like four or five people um, you know, you have Jerry over here, or you have, you know, uh, Sarah over here, like, okay, the first group to bring a stuffed baby Yoda to Sarah, and they all search through and they find and they run across, um, um, or the first group to bring a comb to John or a 1950 something or, or earlier penny to somebody. Yeah. And so they're keeping points. And I had one of my um, former youth, uh, who's now a youth director on her own. Uh, and 
we were playing that game and she was a kind of a counselor and we sat down with her group and she said, all right, everybody take, well, we need a shoelace, shoelace taken out of your shoes. Um, and we need somebody to take a belt off and find it. Cause she knew the list I had. And so she was already, I mean, they said, I'll look over her group and they're taking the shoelaces out. They're putting, I mean, they're lining everything up and setting everything up. Cause she knows what I'm going to pull. Wow. Uh, but it was a good fun group. And again, you have the group that are working together. They go to their cabin and find things together. They come back and they're working together. Um, and yeah, somebody wins, but they're all participating throughout the whole thing. Um, and so that reverse scavenger hunt, I'll share that as well. Thanks. But um, do you have some games either written down or online or anything like that that you could share? Or would you put together maybe a few for us that we could share oh, in a post? Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely could do that. A lot of times on TikTok, you know, if you go on, if you go on my TikTok account, you could see pretty much all the games on there. And, yeah. and usually the way that most games you can play, you can kind of figure out what they're doing. And you can sometimes see in the comments, you know, because I'll message people back how to play it kind of deal. But yeah, if you, if you need need me to write something up, yep. I definitely can. You send some of those. Um, and then, so you talk about TikTok kind of brings me to my, my final uh, deal is we have people who are listening to this uh, and uh, they may find you on TikTok or whatever. What's the best way to to communicate with you, to find you, to ask somebody, if somebody sees a game and they're like, hey, how do you play this? And um, do you have you know, Instagram messenger or email or what's the best way to connect with you? So I think the best way, if I don't know you, is probably Facebook, Facebook Messenger, the way that you did it. And then the other way is Instagram Messenger, because uh, as of now, TikTok, you know, TikTok direct message thing is a little bit, it's it's spotty and it doesn't really work well because you have to both be following each other kind of deal. Um, I don't know if they're going to fix that. So really, it's Instagram and the Facebook and, you know, that's the best way to communicate. And what, what, are, what are those for, for those who are, if so, I just type it? For the Facebook, you pretty much just type in my name, which would be James Daniel Shop. For Instagram, it's actually our youth group's Instagram. So it's Sandy Creek Youth Group. You just type that in and uh, you'll find us on there. And then on TikTok, it's James underscore Daniel 11. And then we also have, which usually we don't really describe our games, but just because of what the youth had asked for, whenever someone couldn't attend a Bible mm -hmm. study, they would ask to put it on podcast. So that's strictly why we do this podcast thing but we've also have seen kind of like you said all of a sudden some of them will seem to do very well and you yeah. know i guess it just depends on when the word gets out and that's on you know apple podcasts and spotify and it's called uh, no excuse or you can also just type in my name james daniel shop and it pops up and it has a little juice box now we did keep that the same uh, we have a juice box for tiktok and a juice box for the podcast and the and the reason we did the juice box is i joked with the youth i said look we're going to be number one globally uh, with a hashtag and they were like what are you talking about I said the juice box and then they were like what, what what's going on and so it, it's quite funny the kids I think enjoy it but if you ever go on TikTok and you just type in the hashtag and you put the little emoji that's a little juice box then all of our videos pop up so and then we're number one up there so I tell them look we're globally ranked number one for the juice box so so if you see the juice box it, it might just be our youth group well that's I mean that's a great little extra tip as far as you know on marketing and right. and uh identity and and such like that and to find that so well uh James Daniel uh there's been a great uh conversation with you and uh, I would love to talk with you again sometime in the future and and do this again and maybe if I find my way out there I'll find my way to, to Sandy Creek Baptist um any final thoughts you have um for encouragements for for youth leaders well I guess as you know we're trying to keep it strictly to games because, you know, I could have talked about so many different things. I really tried hard because I listened to some of your other podcasts and you always ask me like, all right, well, you know, stick to this, try the best. And so I tried to, but, you know, when it comes to games, if you're a youth minister and you're having issues with whether, you know, games are the right way to go or not, just know that they do play a, a very vital role. And, you know, you might get a comments initially in regards to man is all y'all do is play games. If that really is the case, I encourage you to ask that individual because they're typically a part of your church and be like, look, you might just be coming and seeing the game because we play at last, but why don't you come to youth group from beginning to end? And then you'll get a full picture. Every individual that I've ever had who made a comment like that, who came after they went through the whole youth group session have said, wow, never mind. Like I, I understand now. Mm -hmm full support. Here you go. It's just that transparency. So if you want, if you want to, if you want games to be important in your ministry, make sure you have that availability to be transparent with your whole youth service and encourage them to come see it from beginning to end. Because on TikTok, you just see games, but if you're part of the youth group, it's so much more than just a game. So yeah. that's the little encouragement I can think of. 
Awesome. Well, thanks again for joining us. Um, and a reminder to everybody else, again, if you've enjoyed this, uh, click like, subscribe. Uh, the podcast, we're on, you're obviously listening to it on podcast, but you may be on YouTube. Uh, so you can listen to it either on podcast sites or on YouTube. And um, I encourage you to listen to either one because, you know, we're great and my background's messy. And um, yeah, you can go see my messy background on YouTube. And But there are there is some different interaction you get that way. So uh, YouTube, uh, podcast, uh, and also uh, at Talk Student Men's on all your socials. Uh, and we'll look forward to seeing you all next time.